You are listening to the Father's House podcast located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit thefathershouseky.com. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. First Sunday of the new year. Amen. Hey, good way to start off the year, right? Those who made it to church, those who are maybe watching online. I know we have some people who are sick this morning. If you're watching online, we just welcome our online viewers as well. We love you guys. We pray healing over you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Somebody say amen. Amen Amen means I agree, means let it be done. Amen? Amen. Amen. So this morning, it's going to be a little different. Probably not. (laughs) I don't really have too much of a plan. (laughs) I have a few plans. Um, But I really want to take this Sunday to just really... Uh, celebrate what the Lord has done this year, and also to just really prophesy and speak into what the Lord is saying for this year, amen? Uh, What I mean by prophesy into, I believe that, you know, in prayer, God will speak to us, and God continues to speak to us, amen? How many of you know that God is still speaking? He's still speaking. I love, uh, Nathan just taught you guys that you can talk to Jesus like a friend. Did you hear him? During his prayer, he was just like, man, Jesus, man, I love you, man. <laughs> How many of you knew you could talk to Jesus like that? So I'll just be honest. Most of you did not think you had to close your eyes, be very still. You got to say Father God a whole lot. <laughs> Father God, Father God. But you, One of my favorite prayers I've heard from someone who just got saved, we were at a uh, men's thing, and we asked him to pray, and he's like, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't pray, I don't know how to pray, and... He, he literally said uh, something like this, hey, hey, God, this is John. Uh, I know we just met, but I'm really grateful for all you've done for me, and I love you. <laughs> and I thought, man, that was the best prayer. That was the best prayer we could have prayed. And um, okay, let's pray. Let's pray for a moment. Jesus, we love you. You're so good. We thank you for all you've done this past year. And God, we go ahead and thank you right now in advance for what you're going to do this year. God, we thank you for the salvations that are going to come this year. God, we thank you in advance for the healings and the wholeness that's going to come this year. Lord, we thank you for the breakthrough and the miracles and the momentum that's going to happen this year. God, we thank you now, Jesus. You are so wonderful and so mighty, God. I pray that this morning you would be glorified, Jesus, that you would speak through me. And you would let your people have ears to hear and eyes to see in Jesus' name. Would you lift out your hands like this in front of you? And just repeat after me. Say, I receive. See, some of y'all aren't doing this. And I'm just telling you, this is a really good practice. I won't call you out if I know your name. Say, I receive everything that's from Jesus. See, isn't that good? And let's just say this. And anything else, I don't receive. Amen. Amen. Hey, there's nothing. That's a very safe prayer to pray, man. Hallelujah. Man, it's so good. So I wanted this morning, um, man, I know a lot of churches, we get into like numbers at the beginning of the year, like, God, save this many people. And, you know, and churches are like, our church, we had 700 salvations, but like your attendance hasn't grown from 700. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't really know. But all I know is this past year that God has indeed set people free from their sin in this church. Some of them are in this room right now. And we're, come on, put your hands together. Many of you have been baptized this this past year. And you know, guys, let me tell you that baptism, baptism really, really shows. Some of you have have been born again, or maybe you've made a decision for Christ, and you haven't been baptized yet, or maybe you need to get baptized. You need to get baptized. Because that boy, you're saying, well, I don't want to get in front of everybody and I don't want to, you know, get wet. But I'm here to tell you, that's the whole point. The whole point is that you get in front of everyone, that you're unashamed and you make a public declaration that says, I'm really, a, I'm really going to be about this life now. That I'm really going to do this the right way. That I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I'm going to get up in a t-shirt. I'm going to get my hair wet. It's going to be crazy. And I don't care anymore because I'm sold out for Jesus. If you need to get baptized this year. God, we go ahead and thank you in advance for all the baptisms that are going to happen this year. You can sign up today at the foyer or on our website at thefathershouseky.com. Sign up for baptism. We would love to have you get baptized on the third Sunday this month. Sign up. If you've been saved, we want to get you in the water. We believe in baptismo. We know what that means? You're going all the way under. Remember, I was baptizing one of the kids here, and he left his hand out like this, and I smacked his hand out. Get that sinful hand out of here. I'm just kidding. 
You can laugh. How many of you knew you could laugh in church? Some of you didn't. <laughs> Literally. So good. Um, so, people have been saved. People have been set free. But I believe that one of the most significant things that's happened in our church this past year is that people have grown and matured spiritually. Amen. That people are still married. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Amen. That people are still sober. Amen. Come on, give yourself a hand if you're still sober. <laughs> that some people are, have stepped out of a religious and tradition, traditional nonsense and they've stepped into a real relationship with the king. They start to learn that I can have a friendship with Jesus. You know, that to me is what makes me come alive. This past year, some people have been forgiven. Some people have forgiven family members. Some people have forgiven friends. And, and man, I'm telling you, this honors the Lord. <laughs> It's so good. And this year coming up, there's just going to be more. And so at our church, I wanna, we don't talk about this very often, but it's probably good for you guys to know. Um, at our church, we try our best to uh, give away at least 10% of all of the money that we bring into the church. So we try to tithe the tithe, if that makes sense. And to be honest with you, we, we just want to give more, but you have to give more. That doesn't usually get a very many amens, unfortunately. <laughs> But we give, at our church, we give. This church is a church uh, of giving to missionaries and different things around the city. And I just think we're just going to take a little bit this morning just to talk about a few things. Um, so when you give here, it doesn't only just go to the house. Um, but as you give above and beyond your tithe, the more that we do. So we have, I didn't get a letter from all of our missionaries. But I just want to give you a, a quick list real quick. Here's a letter from the Parish family. They are in the Philippines, in Indonesia, excuse me. And it says here, on the behalf of our family, we want to say thank you for your faithful partnership during this past year. So that's for you guys. That's for this church. These missionaries are saying thank you. Because of this church, right here in Owensboro, Kentucky, the gospel is being spread across Indonesia. That is an amazing thing. That's something that you need to be aware of. Yeah, you can give God praise for that. That it's bigger than Owensboro. Amen? It's bigger than Owensboro. But I'm going to tell you right now... It starts in Owensboro. <laughs> Actually, let's take it even a step further back. It starts in your own family. Because it's not okay to just give money to missions and not actually disciple your own children. Did you know it's really easy, actually, for some of us just to give a check and not actually give our hearts or give our discipline or give our weeks? I mean, you know, God wants to, you to work on the way you speak to your wife. <laughs> it's quiet again. Instead of maybe you just giving money. You know what I tell you what religion and tradition will do? Religion and tradition will tell you that all you have to do is show up and give money and everything's all good. But God wants to take us out of that place where he's saying, listen, it's not just about you showing up and giving money. God is not a bank teller. God is wanting to show up and get your heart and he wants you to grow from glory to glory. He wants you to become a mature son and daughter. If he gets a hold of you, you won't have any problem getting a hold of every other aspect of your life. The Bible says you cannot serve God and money. You will love one and hate the other. It's very clear, guys. And I'm going to tell you, I've learned over the years that people that struggle financially, it's because they haven't put in God first in their finances. It's, I, could, I could, every single time somebody comes to me, well, we're struggling, we're struggling, we're struggling. Okay, have you, your finances, do you give them to the Lord? It's God first in your finances. And people get offended. People get offended about stuff like this because only people who get offended about giving at churches are the ones who don't give. It's that simple. And it's just that, and what it is, reality, if we want to be honest, the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if you start to learn actually that as you give your treasure, your heart will follow. And that's just how that works. And, and I'm going to tell you, I, I'm, not the, I'm still trying to step into the place of being a cheerful giver. Amen? The Bible says be a cheerful giver. Not reluctantly. Not like, I don't really want to do this. But be cheerful in this giving. And I'm here to tell you that this giving is going all across the world. Amen? So here we go. Here's another one here. We have missionaries in India. Uh, I can't say where at because they're not necessarily allowed to be there. Um, isn't that awesome that you can kind of break the law for the gospel? <laughs> isn't that amazing? How do you know that some the gospel is actually illegal in, a, in 48 or, or more different countries? How many of you know that? But how many of you know that Jesus is king? Right? 
And so we got missionaries who not only, how many of you also know that when God calls a, a missionary, he also calls their kids? <sighs> Some of you are thinking, well, I don't want to bring my kids around the messy people. People, man, sinners are dirty and da, 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 da. I can't bring my kids around them. They're, my kids are going to be screwed up. Some of our missionary families, are, they're taking their children around the world to people who are absolutely against them, absolutely coming after them, absolutely wanting to bring harm to them. And their children go. And I look at these pictures of their kids and I'm just like, man. And it moves my heart to pray. <laughs> There's another picture up here I won't show you, but it's a, one of their missionaries, their three children. And I'm like, man, Jesus, protect those kids. Bless those children. You know, and um, it's just an awesome thing. I, I, I just want to bring this to your awareness this morning to be in prayer regularly for our missionaries and their families. As you pray at night, as you pray around the dinner table, so the, the roll-ins are in India. What they've done is to kind of, well, I gotta be careful who's watching our stuff here. Um, they opened a coffee shop in India because they can't necessarily, you know, just go as gospel people, you know, the missionaries. And, and they're, they're sharing the gospel. They said they got to be in 90 different homes this past December, in 90 different homes. How many of you know that the gospel is relational, it's, it's around a dinner table. It's around a cup of coffee. It's, it's, it's with your kids playing and your kids fighting and whatever happens. We just get together and we just say, hey, we're going to say yes to this. So we praise God for our missionaries in India and all the gospel opportunities they're having there. Amen? We have another missionary, the Trimantosis. They are in um, Belgium. They are running a ministry... Um, uh, seminary. So they are training up pastors and leaders to send them out all over Europe. I mean, this is a pretty amazing thing. How many of you know we really, we need some theologians. We need good professors. That's not me. I learned from those people. So David Trimitozzi, he's one of these missionaries that they're in Belgium and his wife is actually part of a ministry um, that also helps women to rescue women out of sex slavery in, in Belgium and all over Europe. And so this is, this is, these are, guys, these are people that that we're in direct contact with and partnership with, that, that this house is going to receive an inheritance for everything that they're doing. Yeah. Do you hear that? Isn't that amazing? And I'm just going to tell you, I, I'm not here at all to talk about you giving money. I'm just here to get you to understand something, that when you give, you actually will leave a legacy at the end of your life, and what is that going to look like? But as you sow into things, you can say, man, I sowed into souls being saved and women being rescued out of sex slavery in Belgium. I mean, that's what I want to sow into, amen? And so we are, and it's pretty amazing. So we have the Amslers who are in Guatemala. Dave Amsler and his wife actually used to be youth pastors here in the early 90s. And they are uh, missionaries in Guatemala. They have this huge kids ministry um, that's just absolutely incredible. They see hundreds and hundreds of salvations every year from kids. I love the idea that, you know what, if we can get a hold of these kids and get them the gospel. And what, what they're seeing in their ministry now is that these kids have become mature believers and now they're actually sending out missionaries from uh, Honduras or from Guatemala and they're sending the, the native Guatemalans to Honduras as missionaries. Because how many of you know the goal is not just to get an American in every country. The goal is to get them, the church, to be built up there and send themselves out. That's the goal. It's not that the, the, the white guy is the answer for every problem. Is that we come and we say, listen, we're going to help build a church here and then equip you all to reach your nation. And that's what they're doing. It's pretty amazing to see some of these kids who are six years old, who are now 20 years old in these ministries in Guatemala, who are now becoming mi missionaries themselves. And this is all thanks to our partnership and many other churches. Amen? Amen? We also have ministers in Austria. We have ministers in Ethiopia. We have ministers in Equa, uh, New Guinea, in Africa. We have a few all over Africa. We have another one uh, that's in Romania. Her name is Reagan, and they, own, they run a house called the Hagar, a Hagar home. Hagar? Is that right? Is that the right word? Um, and they run a house that's for um, getting single mom or women who are going to maybe abort their babies and get them off the street. Women that have nothing, nowhere to go. They take these women and their children into these homes and they bless them. They love on them. They share the gospel with them. And these women are protected now and getting saved. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. I, I love, excuse me? 
Yeah, and they teach them trades. They teach them uh, skills and they give them opportunities to make money and, and to make necklaces and to make shirts and all these different things. I mean, it's just pretty incredible um, what, what God is doing all over the country through, you know, this church right here in Owensboro, Kentucky. Amen? There's another one called Jacob's Hope that we give to that's reaching God's people, his original people, the Israelites. They are in Israel. We have a ministry that is, their whole focus is to minister to the Jewish people. How many of you know that their Jewish, Jewish religious people are still waiting for Jesus to come? No, not, not amen. And not in a good way, guys. They don't believe he came already. <laughs> they don't believe that Yeshua from Nazareth was the Christ. They're still waiting on the Messiah to come. Remember the Pharisees that crucified him? There are still Jews that are still believing that that wasn't him. Does that make sense? And so... <laughs> they need to be reached. They need the gospel. They need to turn and believe. And there we have a ministry that we, we partner with called Jacob's Hope that their whole goal is to reach the Jewish people to get them to open their eyes to see what God is doing and that Jesus actually is the Christ. Amen? Tim Land, he's in South Africa. They partner with the ministry uh, for kids as well. And then we have uh, Lisa Lyhart. She's in Europe. Uh, she's actually in a sensitive area. And what that means, we have a bunch of missionaries that are in more sensitive areas, which means that they ask us not to say where they are. Let me just say this for a moment. There are a few missionaries from Kentucky that are single women who are in sensitive, dangerous countries by themselves. And somebody tell, I, I, I just really despise the thought and the religious thought that God cannot use women. That is the most silliest, absurd thing that there is. That women cannot preach or women cannot teach. Or who do you think really is the main nurturer and teacher in the home? I mean, the kids are with the mom more than they are with anything, really. And we're seeing these, these bold women. Do I have any bold women in this house? That are not afraid of the gospel, not afraid of going out and being unashamed for the gospel. And not even that, going to dangerous, illegal areas by themselves. Some independent women <laughs> that literally are there. And I'm like, I'm just blown away by that. I'm like, man, I don't even know if I'm, a, I think I'm probably too afraid. And I'm probably serious. Like, man, would I, would I really go to Morocco? Somalia? Would I really go? But we have missionaries who are saying yes, and they're going. You know what they're asking from us? They're not just asking for money. They're asking for prayer, and they're saying the same thing to you. Would you go to where God has placed you, which is Owensboro, Kentucky? We're willing to go to dangerous, sensitive areas. Are you willing to even open your mouth to share the gospel with a friend at work? Are you willing to get over yourself and what people think about you and just share the gospel with your friends that don't go to church. Come on, somebody. And the reality is we have, we have these people who, guys, there's a power. The Bible says in Revelations that they, that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. But that very next verse says that they love not their own life unto death. This is the gospel. I wish I, would, I could tell you it's all butterflies and it's all feel good. It's not. It's actually not. It's a life laid down. And having authority in the kingdom of God is not about lording it over. It's actually about serving and being under. <laughs> it's not about raising to the highest place. It's about taking the lowest seat. It's an upside down kingdom. And so I believe as we stand in faith and in prayer and partnership with our missionaries that we can also say, you know what, since you're going to go, we are gonna make a, a, we're going to make a decision for 2022 that we're going to go to Owensboro. That we're going to go to first my family and my kids. I'm not going to depend on Pastor Daryl to disciple my children. Pastor Daryl is over our children's department, but he is not your children's necessarily pastor. You are. And his job is to help you. So when he sends out uh, those things for parents and he sends out resources, that's for you to read. And for you to come alongside and take up the mantle that I am the priest of my home. I am the one that comes and, and literally, God, man, Pastor Daryl's with your kids for an hour and a half once a week. Who do you think they're learning from? They're learning from you guys. And in 2022, we can make a shift and a change to say, you know what, 2021, I ain't really been a good example to my kids, but 2022, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to step into wholeness. I'm going to step into change. So we got missionaries. Here's some more. 
We got the love laces that are in Cambodia. Let me tell you a little thing about Cambodia. They were here for a youth night. Josh Lovelace, I got to meet him. A lot of our missionaries I haven't been able to meet because, you know, obviously they're overseas. And, and Josh Lovelace, he was talking about when they first got to Cambodia and they got to the place where they were staying and they brought their kids, right? And when they got to the house or hut or whatever they were staying in, there were snakes in the hut. Listen, I'm out. I'm, I'm straight in rebellion and disobedience to God. I'm back on a plane to almost broke Kentucky, drinking lattes, having a good old time, suffering for the gospel in Owensboro. But I remember him telling me that. I was thinking, listen, God, I can't do snakes. I'm one of those people. Spiders, no big deal. You can step on a spider. I don't understand people that don't like spiders. I don't get that. You can kill a spider like this. Go try to step on or smack a snake like that. It's not going to happen. But he told us, he said, man, when we got there with our kids, the first thing we had, we had snakes everywhere. And I thought, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I believe that our, our missionaries have something that we all need. And I'm going to get into this in just a moment. They have this surrender to God. They have this thing that's inside of them that says, I'm going to say yes to God no matter what it looks like. My yes to God is so loud. Your yes to God has to be so loud that you can walk into a room with snakes and say, this is home. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm going to have to move these snakes because God called me here and I'm going to have to put my kid's bed over here. <laughs> I'm like, man, Jesus, what, what do I have to complain about? Oh, people are rude. <laughs> people... And I'm not trying to downplay it, guys. I'm really not. I know things can hurt, but I'm like, man, is, is God calling me to go live with snakes? Is God calling me to do A, B, C, and D? But God is definitely calling me to reach my city. He's calling me to bless my wife. He's calling me not to be harsh with my children. He's calling me to, to, to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, starting with Jerusalem. <laughs> starting with this city. And this is what I want to see more of because, guys, it's easy just to give, just to be honest. Some of us, some people are like, well, it's real hard for me to give. Actually, giving is my hardest thing. But for a lot of people, it's real easy to put your righteousness in your giving. Your righteousness doesn't come from how much you give to the church. Ooh, I almost made a denominational joke, not going to. <laughs> your righteousness doesn't come from your church attendance pastor said I didn't have to go to church. That's not what I said. Your righteousness comes because of what Jesus did on the cross. Your righteousness comes because he that knew no sin became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God. It is that simple. You wake up good enough. If you're born again, you woke up this morning good enough for Jesus. If you're born again, if you're not born again, the Bible says no one is good enough. No one but him. And so we see our missionaries who have this deep surrender and this deep yes to the Lord. We have uh, more missionaries in Ukraine. We have more missionaries in Togo. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't even know where that is. Anybody know where Togo is? I think it's in Africa. Anybody? Nope. She does. Awesome. Praise the Lord. We bless them in Jesus' name. We have also missionaries that are in the Arab world, that are reaching the Arab world. They're, they're reaching Muslims. Listen, I'm here to tell you, church, at this church and in every real Bible-believing church, Jesus is the only way to heaven. He's the only way. There is no other name which you can be saved, which is Jesus Christ. There is no other place. There is nothing but his blood can take away our sins. And we have missionaries who are going and risking their lives in the Arab countries that because Jesus is enough. They are convinced that this is true. They are convinced and willing to risk their lives for this message. And I believe as a church, guys, we have to step up and take that mantle that we're maybe even willing to risk some friendships and risk some popularity and risk some being cool or being understood. We have people, we have to get to a place where we can say that we love not our lives unto death. That we say, my life, like Paul said in in Acts 20, 24, he said, however, I consider my life to be worth nothing to me. It's quiet in here. But my only aim, somebody say only. You know what only means? Only. (laughs) It's real deep. 
Listen, the Bible and the gospel and revelation is not supposed to be this hard thing to understand, church. It's a very simple message. He said, my only aim is to finish the race and spread the news of God's grace. That's my only thing. He's saying, listen, I believe that God wants to take this church to a place of where we have one choice and it's obedience. We have one choice and it's obedience. If you can get yourself to a place of surrender and you can say, God, I submit to the Lordship. What I'm starting to see in, in freedom ministries and people walking out freedom and people getting set free from one, I start to see the most important thing for you to step into freedom this year is the first step, which is submitting to the Lord. Is saying, hey God, show me where I'm wrong. I'm willing to be wrong in any way, in any capacity, and I'm willing to change it. If you show me where I'm wrong, I'm willing to change it. If the Bible says this, I'm willing to be obedient. If the Bible says don't do this, if the Bible's telling me this, I have one answer to you, and it's obedience. That's it. How many of you know that Jesus had one option, and it was obedience? And you've seen that in the garden. You've seen that when he's sweating. And you've seen that when he says, God, if you can take this cup from me, take it from me. But then he goes on to say, but not my will, but yours be done. This is the goal. If you can get yourself to a place where you can be vulnerable enough and humble enough in 2022 to say, you know what? I got some issues. My marriage got some issues. The way I talk sometimes, you, you come to my house, you're going to hear us on a daily basis call each other out in a loving, polite way. There's a big difference. Well, you're an idiot. That's, no. No, 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 no. How many of you know it's not about what you say, it's about how you say it? Amen. You're fat. You need to lose weight this year. That doesn't encourage me at all. But hey, I want you to live a long life. I want you to be able to keep up with the kids. I want you to have good health. I believe our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's do this together. Let's go to the gym. Let's eat better. All the gym memberships are about to go up right now, aren't they? Boom. Planet Fitness is about to be stacked for the next thir- three weeks probably. It's about how long it lasts, right? <laughs> new year, new me. <laughs> My goodness. But what if we actually do step into that place this year where it is a new year and a new us and it's, it's a, a us walking in freedom. It's a us that's whole and free. It's a us that's healed. It's a us that's not religious anymore. It's a us that's in communion with the Father. What if that is the new year that God is wanting to bring? It's not so much about you just giving up something. It's about you fixing your eyes on something. It's about you staring like Maddie said, if I can just see him and everything will change. We have another missionary, Edward Nye. He's also in the Eurasia, which is Eurasia, if you don't know, is the most difficult place in the world to, for the gospel. You got Saudi Arabia, Jordan, you got Iran. How many of you know that the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is growing in Iran? You should give more praise than that. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail. And we're actually seeing something that's radical is that the gospel actually goes for the strongest in the hardest places. And God moves the mightiest. It's pretty incredible. All right, another few things real quickly before I get into another thing is and I'm just gonna speak over our house. We got some in Colombia. We have a Spanish initiative that's planning Hispanic churches. Indonesia, Ecuador, Belgium, Croatia, Pan-Asia. And then we also give to some local things as well. We give to Friends of Sinners. Come on, somebody. Anybody know about Friends of Sinners? It's an awesome program here in this town. I think we got a, maybe a couple of alumni in this room. Raise your hand if you graduated from Friends of Sinners. There we go. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Another one down here. My goodness. You have done an amazing job. You are amazing. This young lady has graduated from Friends of Sinners. She's been killing it. She's just, just it has been an awesome example to women coming out of that lifestyle. I honor you for that. You are just, I'm just really... I have to say proud, that sounds weird, but I'm just really proud. I believe the Lord is really proud of you and all of you guys, keep going. And so, I mean, she's just excelled at her job. She's excelled at a lot of things. She's over other ministries now. I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. It's an awesome thing. Friend of Center is an awesome ministry that we support every month financially. Me and Pastor Daryl also have the uh, privilege of teaching there every week and usually dealing with their, uh, uh, their new guys, which is perfect. I love it. 
It's awesome. And, um, and I love going in there almost every week with no plan. And they say, man, God was just reading this this morning. You know, God's, man, God speaks to me. <laughs> it's amazing. And so it's an awesome ministry. We also, we give to CareNet. How many of you know what CareNet is? Yeah. CareNet is a local uh, organization that helps uh, women uh, to not get abortions. <laughs> right? Amen. How many of you know that's what we believe? <laughs> we believe that abortion is murder. Yeah, yeah it is. And, and we believe that. And I believe God, God believes that. But I'm going to sit here and tell you too, you can't just scream out, this is bad, but also you also are not even a good father and a good husband towards your kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's where that religion comes in. Religion wants to point out other people's sin, but doesn't address its own. Right? So the reality is CareNet is an awesome thing. They have this young man, listen, how many of you ever went to their banquet before in town? What they, it's, it's this simple, you Ready? They will give a testimony of a girl that literally was going to have an abortion and found CareNet and because of their services, what they do is they try to get the mom to have an ultrasound because the statistics show if they can get a girl to have an ultrasound and actually see the heartbeat and hear the heartbeat that they are like way more likely not to have the abortion. Because you haven't even know the goal of Planned Parenthood and this demonic nonsense is to get them not to act like it's a child. We don't want to give you an ultrasound. We don't want you to hear the heartbeat. They do not give you a heartbeat. They do not. And listen, I'm not here to shame anybody that's had an abortion. Jesus still loves you. Jesus still wants you. Jesus still adores you. (laughs) And you can repent and get set free from all of that as well. I've done some horrible things, believe me. But this ministry is literally helping. They had this girl give her testimony. She was going to have an abortion. And then she went to the program. She went there to get... um, uh, it's kind of funny what they do. Like if you Google, I'm pretty sure like abortion in Owensboro, we don't have a clinic, praise God. But CareNet comes up. So it's almost like it makes you think that, oh, maybe I can get some. Nope, you're going to find Jesus there. <laughs> and you're going to find love there. You're going to find compassion. You're going to find that, that there is so much value in that baby and you. And it's okay. It's an awesome thing. And so I love that ministry. They got up this lady. It was like I was, they showed a video of this girl having this, going to give her baby up. And then all of a sudden, they showed her at the banquet with the baby. And I was like, just take our money. Just take it. I mean, this, I mean, what else do you need to know? It works. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, it was that simple. And it was funny. They brought in this super highfalutin uh, uh, speaker. And he even got up there and said, man, I, don't, I can't follow that. Like, this is, you take up an offering right now. This girl literally stands up with her child. And I'm like, man, this is incredible. And they're continuing to have those testimonies every year. To be honest, as I was reading this this morning, I was like, we got to give them more money. <laughs> because if this is actually going towards child's lives being saved, do you think we could outgive that? Heck no. Man. We, man, you know that there's an old saying, you cannot outgive the Lord. How many of you have learned that to be true? Raise your hands. Because hmm. when I read my Bible, I remember that I believe actually he gave the most. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. He gave Jesus. Man, it's so good. So we partner with them. We also um, partner with the Good News Jail and Prison Ministry uh, Pastor Herzog, I don't think he's here this morning, um, but we bless him and Joy Herzog. Pastor Herzog's been in the jail for geez, over 10 years, I think. And what's really, yeah, come on, give it up for Pastor Herzog. Hopefully watching online, we love you guys so much. He's the chaplain at the jail here in Owensboro at Davis County Detention Center. Uh, fun story. When I was in jail, not as a chaplain, um, Years ago, my mom would have uh, Pastor Herzog, the chaplain, come and, and talk to me. And I remember, I don't, I, I don't remember why I was in jail that time, um, but I remember Pastor Herzog coming and getting me out of the sea pod. Some of you know what the sea pod is. You know who you are. <laughs> and I remember him coming and getting me out of the sea pod. And, and, you know, I remember in that moment I had this, like, man, I grew up in church. I knew I wasn't living right. I knew I wasn't following the Lord. And I remember he came to me and he took me out and I was, whew, I was happy to get out of the cell, praise God. And, and I got to spend time with him and, and he got the witness to me. And, and he, he, this is just really cool because like I didn't 
my life didn't change after that moment, but you understand that everything you do for God, nothing is wasted. And I might not have got saved then, but I got saved later. <laughs> and here I am now. But it actually started through, and, and God spoke to me, and God came after me through that Good News Jail and Prison ministry that we support here to this day. And it's just an awesome, awesome ministry that he's continued to do. So we bless them. I think we actually give the most monthly to him because he's a part of this, this house, and this is his church, and he's adored in this place. We love them. So if you see them when they're here, anytime you see them, just thank him for what, the ministry that they've done and the blessing that they are. Amen? So, so good. <laughs> and I remember, could you imagine being Pastor Herzog then? And now he's here and he still chooses to go to church here and now I'm the pastor. <laughs> You'd think he'd have been like, nope, Lord, it's too much. I can't, I can't, I can't. This guy can't be my pastor. I was trying to get him saved out of the pot. Come on, man. Come on. But that's, that, that's how you know that you're not religious. That you can witness to somebody on a street corner that's broken and homeless and 10 years from then they become your pastor and you say, hey, man. <laughs> or that's how you know that you are religious. <laughs> vice versa whoopsie man we all struggle with different things church whether that's being religious we can all be religious at times right one of my favorite quotes is this that the religious spirit polices behavior I'm gonna let that rest for a moment oof the religious spirit polices behavior. And usually why we do that is because that's how we think God is towards us. We think God is just constantly saying, oh, nope. Don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. But really what God is saying is like, hey, you don't have to do that. <laughs> There's a better way. There's grace. There's something better. You don't have to freak out. On the kids, you don't have to freak out on your wife. Actually, you can forgive. You can yoke up with me. You can come alongside me. You can come to me when you're weary and heavy laden. You don't have to go to alcohol. You don't have to go to Facebook. You don't have to go to YouTube mindlessly. You don't have to go to any of this stuff. You can come to me. You can come to me. And then that's what I believe the Lord is ultimately saying for this year, for our church and the church in general. And God's been speaking to me this word that we're going to get into our prayer not here in a few weeks is this reset. And that God wants to reset our church. He wants to reset our hearts. And we're going to go on a seven-day fast. And we encourage you to go with us. And basically what a reset does is it starts over. And you basically recalibrate your heart and your devotion to Jesus. So if we decided, some people are like, well, why aren't we doing 21 days? And I'll ask you the same question, but why did you do 21 days? A lot of people just do it because that's what other churches do. That's what they've always done. But I can sit here and tell you that I, I've got into more fast in striving than I ever have in the Lord. Pastor Daryl's been a part of a bunch of them. Where I'm just not eating, but I'm not actually getting closer to Jesus. Well, we're on 21-day fast. I've got to give up Coca-Cola. And you should probably just give up Coca-Cola anyways. A lot of times we take fast as like this big diet options like to, well, I'm going to work on my health this fast. No, you need to work on your spiritual health this fast. Let's be honest. I've done it. Well, I'm going to give up carbs, refined sugars. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I probably should just do this anyways, Mike. <laughs> this isn't a biblical fast. Really, if we're going to go by the Bible, I'm going to talk about it next week. A biblical fast is not eating. At all. <laughs> and I'm not asking you to do that. Not everybody can do that. Don't do that if you can't, Okay. But you can take time. I'm going to tell you, the times that I have the most time with fasting, the best times with fasting, is when I clear my schedule and I actually get in the presence of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, I've gone seven days, and I'll tell you, you will, you will get closer to the Lord, because I was about to die, I think. And I was about to go see him. <laughs> I was real close to him. I could almost touch him. <laughs> Man. All right, so let me say this. I said this to the worship team this morning, and I want to speak it over this house. I believe that God wants our yes to him to be so loud 
and louder than any other thing in our life. That we would not get to a place where we say no to anything he wants. We would say, no, God, my yes to you is yes and amen. I'm on board. I'm all in. 2022, I'm all in. God, if you want this out of me, I'm in. If you're trying to change this out of me, I'm in. If you're trying to heal me, I'm in. And then even the second yes to this, I was at Bethel Church in Redding, California. And something that really hit me one of their granddaughters got up and talked about the success of their church and they said something that stuck with me. And they said that the reason why they've seen their success over all these years, they said because their senior leadership team like Bill and Chris and Danny and Dan Farrelly and these guys, he said that they had such a strong yes to the Lord and they had such a strong yes to one another. And I believe that God doesn't want us just to have a yes to him that's, that's, that's so strong, but he also wants us to have a yes to one another. And what that means is that you're saying, I choose to have a relationship with these people. I choose for our staff, for our leadership, that we have a yes to one another that's unbreakable. This is, I'm not going to let the enemy get in the middle of this. I'm going to fight the right fight for your marriage. You're not just going to say yes to the Lord, but you're going to say yes to one another. And you're not, you're going to refuse to let the enemy come in between this year. And you're going to recognize that you have an enemy and it's not your spouse. That you have an enemy and it's not your three-year-old. <laughs> you have an enemy and it's not the two-year-old. We have an enemy and he's the devil. And he's defeated. But I'm telling you that we have armor and we have things that we have to yield the Bible says, submit yourself, to him, submit yourself to him, resist the devil, and he will flee. You have to fight. I looked at my wife the other day. We were talking about this, and I said, we have to fight. <laughs> fight for freedom. Fight for breakthrough. You do not have to fight for God's love for you. He fought for that. But you will have to fight for your freedom. And you will have to fight for your kids to be raised the right way. You will have to fight off that fleshly crap that wants to come out. And how do you fight? Like that song Maddie was singing. We were here last night worshiping. This is how I fight my battles. I worship God. I read his word. I, I let thankfulness come out of my mouth. You know how I fight bitterness towards someone? I say, God, I thank you for them. I thank you for their family. I thank you for their marriage. I thank you that they know you. I thank you that they, you love them, God. I thank you for their children, God. I thank you for the calling on their life. I refuse to let anything else come out of me. Anything. Anyone can hold me accountable for any bitter and nonsense coming out of my mouth. I promise you that. My wife does. Believe me. And she should. And that's good for me. Right? Right? Guys, accountability in 2022, accountability is a good thing. We're going to have small groups again. We're going to get into freedom ministries. We're going to get into where we're going to have a curriculum and we're going to have some groups where you meet and you have to actually make a commitment to 10 or 12 weeks to go through a study and go through this and actually work on yourself. We're also going to have groups where you get to make friends and just hang out and just enjoy one another. But something I've learned this past season of Grow Nights is that real growth is a commitment. It takes a, if you want, come on somebody, if you want your marriage to get stronger, you have to make a commitment. If you need to go to counseling for 10 weeks, you gotta make a commitment. And not only just so you'll go, that you're actually gonna show up emotionally. So I believe God wants to take us this year into saying yes to him in a deeper way and saying yes to one another, amen? Could the worship team come? Boom. 1215 on the dot. That was the Holy Ghost. Would you stand to your feet? <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Well, let me get your attention just for a moment. Hmm. This next week, we're going to start a fast on January 6th, 9th, what is it? Sunday, the 9th? I'm just making, the, what now? 9th of the 16th. 
On the 16th, we're going to have a, a worship and prayer night to end the fast on a Sunday night. I encourage you to come, to be there, to come in unity, to worship with us. We're going to do it right here in the sanctuary. And I believe the Lord wants to reset this church and reset our lives this year. To reset our relationships, to reset our devotion to Him, to turn off the Netflix, to be in His presence, to reset our marriages, to start dating our spouses. Come on, somebody. Or if you're single, to find the godly one you're waiting for. Amen. <laughs> All the single people said amen. All right. If you know any godly, beautiful, single young ladies, my buddy Nathan Ash <laughs> is looking for a spouse. Sorry, buddy, I had to do it. I'd rather you find her here in the Holy Ghost than somewhere else. Amen. <laughs> Praise Jesus. You know, as I said, godly, beautiful, right? Those in that order. I believe that God wants this year to be a year of wholeness, a year of healing, a year of freedom, like never before. But it's going to take you saying yes to the Lord, saying, God, whatever you want out of me this year, I'm willing. So can you just close your eyes? And I just feel in this moment, we just have a prophetic moment just to realign our lives with him and say, just say yes to him and say, God, I'm yours completely and fully that no matter what you want to do no matter what you want to say I'm open I'm open Jesus I'm open whatever struggles that I have and we all have them that I'm open I'm willing to be vulnerable I'm willing to be teachable I'm willing to learn I'm willing to be reset by you God recalibrated Father remove everything in me this year that's hindering love everything that's hindering love Jesus remove it would you just put that on your lips this morning and say yes Lord yes Lord let us be like the mother of Jesus she came and got the word she just responded with, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let us be, let us take the advice of the mother of Jesus when he was at the wedding feast. And she looked at the servants and she said to them, some of the most profound advice you could ever receive. And she said, do whatever he says. <laughs> do whatever he says, Lord. We step into that this moment where we will do whatever you say. We will go wherever you say go. We will open our mouths whenever you say. And we will shut our mouths whenever you say. We say yes to you, Father. And right now, we just step into saying yes to one another. Yes to unity in this church. Yes to relationships. Yes to show up. Yes to participate. Yes to serve. Yes, to give of yourself, not to just receive, but to choose relationships with one another. Make a choice that these are my brothers and sisters. <laughs> Even though some of them might get on my nerves. God, you love them. Help me to love them like you love them, Jesus. Help me to love them like you love them, King. Could our worship team or our, excuse me, our prayer team, would you come? With every eyes closed, I just want to give a moment right now. If you're in this room and you do not have a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, if you have not repented of your sin, if you have not given your life to Jesus, I'm not talking about coming to church on Sundays. I'm talking about giving your whole life to Him and saying, God, my life belongs to you. If you have not made Jesus Lord of your life, and you need to be saved this morning, if you need to get saved, if you need to be born again, if you need to be welcomed into the family of God, if that's you, I want you to lift your hand up right now. I need salvation. I see that hand. I need salvation. I need to be born again. I need to be saved. I need my sin to be forgiven, to be washed away. I want to take Jesus Lord of my life. 
Anybody else, would you lift your hand and say, I need salvation. Come on, don't be ashamed. God loves you so much. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Anyone else? Take just a moment. We love you, King Jesus. All right, if you have your hand raised, I'm going to ask you to do something really bold in this moment. Take out a step of faith. If you have your hand raised, I want you to come down front and pray with one of our prayer prayer team right now. Would you come? Come on, church. Hallelujah. Come on, give it up for this young man who's coming. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, anybody else? Maybe you've been running from Jesus. Maybe you've been running from Him. Maybe you've gotten saved in the past and you've been going off and doing crazy stuff again. If you need to recommit your life to Him and have a new yes to Him this morning, would you come and leave your seat right now? I need to, if you need to give God your yes and all of you, if you need to recommit your life to Him, would you come? Would you leave your pew? Would you come? We'll wait just a moment. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, church, let's begin to pray. There's more. If you need to give your life to Him, all your devotion to Him, would you come? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Awesome, and for all of you right now, who have gotten saved and who have been saved even recently, I want you to know that you are under the blood of Jesus Christ. You do not have to get saved every Sunday. That when you get born again, you become a baby in Christ. And some of you, you're just a baby and it's okay. And we're here to walk with you. We're here to help you. Even if you might just be a toddler, that's all right. We're here to walk with you. We're here to help you. And we're here to walk and come alongside you. We love you so, so much. If you've gotten saved recently and you haven't got a hold of that New Believer's Handbook, get one. Actually, I'll take it a step further. I encourage anybody to get a hold of this New Believer's Handbook, especially if you've never done something like that. Because the goal is that you would be able to go through this with somebody else. And we're starting to see this happen. So if you could grab that at the welcome desk before you leave. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Jesus, I bless your people, God. I I seal everything right now by your spirit, God, that you have spoken over your people individually, God. I thank you, Lord, that you're reintroducing yourself, that you are a good and loving Father, Jesus. I pray blessings over every family. I pray healing over every family. God, I pray prosperity over every family in the mighty name of Jesus. Can we put our hands together for the Lord this morning? If you need healing in your body or if you need prayer for anything at all, you're welcome to get out of your pews and come on down. We'd love to partner with you. Bless you guys. Have a good week. We'll start our fast next Sunday at 6 p.m.